Blessed Christmas, Amokyo family. Once again, a very good morning to you and thank you for joining us. Today, we are going to continue our Kingdom of God pulpit series. Last week, we heard from Pastor Lee about the Kingdom's people. Now, today, we are going to talk about the Kingdom of God's demand and reward. And today's passage is taken from Luke chapter 18, verse 18 to 30. Now, in fact, the same story is found in Mark and Matthew, in Mark chapter 10, verse 17 to 27, and Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 to 22. Well, since it's repeated three times out of four of the Gospels, I guess it is important enough for us to open our hearts and ears to hear what the Word of God has to say to us. Now, let me read from Luke chapter 18, verse 18. A certain ruler asked him, which is Jesus here, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Then who, who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Well, Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents, or children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come, eternal life. Now this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And let us pray as we prepare our hearts. Mighty God, open our hearts to hear your word. Lead us closer to you as we choose to be your disciples. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, when I just graduated from university, well, the advice given to me back then was, remember to buy insurance. Not sure whether you remember that advice many years ago for you, but the number one rule for buying insurance that was told to me was to start young. Right? So, I bought, I'm sure many of you have also purchased many insurance plans from various companies. I too have bought many uh, insurance plans to cover my hospital, accident, life, uh, plans. But one reason we buy insurance is really to answer this question, what if something happens? Right? Essentially, we are looking for a backup plan. For example, in the event that we fall sick, we will have the money to pay for treatment, to be paid monthly, or be given a lump sum of money to tide us through that period of time. Well, the rich young ruler in this story also wanted to buy some insurance from Jesus. Well, his insurance plan is not for hospital bills, but eternal life. 
So when I read this passage, actually, honestly, I see myself as the rich young ruler, a mirror of my life. Like the rich young ruler, I too want to ask the same question. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, Jesus did not give a simple answer to this question. So likewise, I will ask another three questions to try and answer this question. The first is, where is our trust? The second, where is our treasure? And the third, do you believe Jesus is better? Let's try and answer the first question. Where is our trust? In our Bible passage today, we see that the rich young ruler, which we are going to call him the young man, placed his trust in the Old Testament laws. At the start of the scene in Mark 10, 17, this young man ran up and knelt before Jesus and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And here I want to point out two things about young people that which we sometimes forget. Well, that is young people can be passionate about God and they are interested in internal matters. Well, we see that this young man ran up and knelt before Jesus, which shows his sincerity and due respect to Jesus. He had a strong desire to find out the answer to the question that he had on his heart. Also, we know that this young man's background is from a high social status, but was willing to humble himself to ask Jesus this important question. It was assumed that from Old Testament wisdom literature, that wealth was a sign of God's blessing and of a life lived according to His standard. And because it was a sign, it was also a goal to which the people back then eagerly aspired to achieve. Although the young man was rich and followed the laws of the Old Testament, he had placed his trust wrongly because he had the wrong view of Jesus. And the first wrong view that he had is that he sees Jesus as, a, as good. Jesus asked the young man back then, why do you call me good? Perhaps the young man was merely being polite or flattering, you know. But Jesus turned it into a theological challenge. The statement that only God is good puts, puts a question mark against any idea that eternal life can be earned by being good. Well, Galatians 2.16 tell us, Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Here clearly from the Galatians, it tells us that we cannot earn our faith through good works, but only through faith in Jesus Christ. So when we view, we have a view that by doing good, we can earn our faith, we have to ask ourselves this question, where do we put our trust? Now second, the young man's view of Jesus is only of a teacher. Well, Jesus is a teacher. Well, he taught the disciples the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. He also taught in synagogues and the temple. Right? Second John chapter 1 verse 9 says, Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. 
the one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. And so clearly Jesus is a teacher, but he is also more than a teacher. As long as the young man or you and I see Jesus as a mere teacher, we will not be able to have eternal life. Rather, we need to trust Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. When we do so, we will be able to experience eternal life. Now Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what is your view of Jesus? Is he your teacher? Is he your backup plan? Is he your Santa Claus as it is Christmas season now? Or is he your Lord and Saviour that you will trust him completely in your life, in your finance, in your relationships, in your work problems, in your health? What is your view of Jesus? Now the second question we want to answer today is, where is your treasure? Now in verse 22, Jesus said to the young man, you still lack one thing, sell everything you have and give to the poor, you and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Going back to the question posed by the man, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered, Jesus' answer was something the young man can do. But it is so extraordinary and far-reaching that it goes into the heart of the young man's spiritual commitment. Now the immediate response of the young man to Jesus' answer was that he became sorrowful, very, very sad probably because he was very wealthy and could not pay the price of letting go of his wealth to follow Jesus. Your discipleship and following Christ do come with a cost. Now, I'm not saying we cannot be rich to follow Jesus, but my question is, where is our treasure? Is it in the material riches or is it in Jesus who had died for our sins and can give us eternal life? The one possibility that the young man could not obey what Jesus wants him to do is because of what he focused in life. Now, if you and I are going to obey Jesus and follow him, we need to give him our undivided attention. And one way to show our undivided attention is to turn our eyes to him. Now, our eyes help us to pay attention and focus, especially when we have a conversation with others. When we see someone looking elsewhere, when we talk to the person, we know that the person is distracted and not giving his or her full undivided attention, right? So to give our undivided attention to Jesus, this song came to my mind, which is turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Well, I have a dollar coin here, and it might seem small in my hand, but when I put this small coin to my eyes, right directly in front of my eyes, it really blocked out all my vision and sight. And I will only be able to see that small coin. Well, likewise, if whatever that you put right in front of you, that will be your focus. And today, family, I just want to ask you to put Jesus right up in front of your eyes so that you can focus on Him and give your full, undivided attention. So will you turn your eyes to the real treasure? Will you focus and give your full attention to Him? 
and allow the things of earth to grow strangely dim. Now, it might not be money that you are unwilling to give up, but how about your hobbies, your achievements, your positions, or even your beloved children and spouse? Once you remove that as first in your life and place Jesus there as the first in your life, you will turn your eyes to Him. You will give your full attention to our Lord Jesus. And the last question you want to ask and you want to answer today is, do you believe Jesus is better? Well, that's a hard question, right? Because we live in a real world. But allow me to share this testimony by Dr. Richard Teo. I read his testimony many years ago, in 2012 even, and he had left, and he has left a mark in my memory. I have extracted some parts of his testimony, so I'm just reading off his testimony. And from, he says, from young, I have always been under the influence and impression that to be happy is to be successful. And to be successful, it is to be wealthy. So I lead my life, I led my life according to this motto. The truth is, nobody makes heroes out of the average GP in the neighborhood. They make heroes out of rich celebrities, politicians, rich and famous people. I dive straight into aesthetic medicine and what I did was liposuction, breast augmentation, eyelid surgeries. It was very good money. My clinic, when we started off, waiting time was one week, one month, became two months, became three months. So the clinic grew. I was so overwhelmed from one doctor. I employed two, then three, then four doctors and carried on. Nothing is ever enough. I wanted more and more and more. So much so that we set up shop in Indonesia to lure all the Indonesian Thai Thais. And Dr. Richard says he, he has been a Christian for over 20 years. I was baptized 20 years ago, but it was because it was fashionable to be a Christian then. All my friends were becoming Christian then. I wanted to be baptized so that when I fill in a form, I could put there Christian. In truth, I never had a Bible. I didn't know what the Bible is all about. And in March 2011, I went for a PET scan and the oncologist diagnosed me to have terminal lung cancer, stage 4B. I was given by my oncologist not more than six months to live. I said, even with chemotherapy? About three to four months, he said. Now, throughout the treatment, I struggled whether God was real. One night, God spoke to me through a vision that says from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7 to 8, it says, Endure hardship as discipline as God is treating you as His children. On another time, there was an inner voice saying to me, Help others in hardship. It was more like a command than a statement. And that's when I embarked on this journey, helping others in hardship. And I realized that hardship is not just about being poor. In fact, I think a lot of poor people are probably happier than a lot of us here. They are so easily contented with whatever they have. They are probably pretty happy. And also over the last few months, I started to understand what this true joy is about. In the past, I substituted true joy with the pursuing of wealth. I thought true joy is about pursuing wealth. Why? Because let me put it this way to you. In my deathbed, I found no joy whatsoever in whatever objects I had. My Ferrari. Now, true joy comes from the interaction with other people. Over the last few months, I was so down. 
interaction with my loved ones, my friends, my brothers in Christ, my sister in Christ. And only then was I able to be motivated, able to be uplifted, to share your sorrow, to share your happiness. That's true joy. And you know what makes me smile? True joy comes from helping others in hardship. And because I have gone through this, I know what hardship entails and I have the license. So I've been going out to meet other fellow cancer patients to share with them, encourage them. And I know because I've been through it, it's easier for me to talk to them. And most importantly, I think true joy comes from knowing God. Not knowing about God, but knowing God personally. Getting a relationship relationship with God, I think that's important. Few things I've learned. Number one, trust in the Lord your God with all your heart. This is so important. Number two is to love and to serve others, not just ourselves. Now, there's nothing wrong being rich or wealthy. I think it's absolutely alright because God has blessed. So many people are blessed with good wealth. But the trouble is, I think a lot of us can't handle it. The more we have, the more we want. I've gone through it. The deeper the hole we dig, the more we get stuck into it. So much so that we worship wealth and lose focus. Instead of worshipping God, we worship wealth. Well, it's just a human instinct. It's just so difficult to get out of it. That's the end of Dr. Richard's testimony. Family, if I can ask you to just Google his name, Dr. Richard Teo, testimony. I'm sure you will find his testimony, the whole transcript, for you to read and to be encouraged by his life. But isn't this testimony inspiring and amazing? Now, despite being wealthy, he understood that Jesus is better than wealth and material objects, even better than being a doctor itself. So how about you? Do you think Jesus is better than anything and everything that you're holding on to? Well, the rich young ruler came to Jesus seeking the answer to this question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied to him and to you today. You know, it's a way that forces him and us to let go of everything and follow Jesus. Well, Jesus is not calling you to sell all your belongings or to leave your family. No, please don't misunderstand. But he calls upon you and I to surrender everything unconditionally to him and put him first in our hearts. And then we can answer the three questions that we have just asked. Will you trust Jesus? Will, you, will Jesus be your treasure? And will you believe Jesus is better? So come, let us pray. Loving Father, Help us to identify the areas of our life in which we need to let go of. Help us to be convicted in our hearts that we need you more than our achievements, positions, wealth and possessions. What we really need is to trust in you and let Jesus be our one and only treasure. Now we believe that Jesus is the best in our lives and we fully commit our lives to him alone. So Father, we ask, for Jesus to be the King and Lord of our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.